0: we have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. Now, here's your host, Doug Parker. And welcome to the show today. It's going to be a great program. We're so glad you're here, here on Texas Money and Business on KEXB, Experts in Business, 620 AM i'm ron taylor and doug parker with ambitious radio network is here and we're ready to get a great show underway doug welcome in
1: Well, thanks so much, Ron. As always, we really appreciate you and and, uh, couldn't do it without you. Today, as always, we're talking to uh, entrepreneurial-minded individuals, leaders, and uh, trying to interview interesting people and really find out what makes them ambitious, what makes them tick. And so we couldn't do this without our sponsors, grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. And most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that they take out. And that can be especially tough if they've got credit issues. So if you have those, go to repairmycreditnow.com. They'll do a free credit report evaluation. So today we're going to be getting to know the ambitious leader, and we're speaking with Bob Berg. Bob is a highly sought-after speaker and company leadership and sales conference. Uh, you know, sharing platforms with everyone from today's business leaders, broadcast personalities, and even former United States presidents. He is the author of a number of best-selling books, and for, uh, including marketing and sales, influence, and other things, selling well over a million copies. Uh, his book, The Go-Giver, has sold just over half a million copies and translated into 21 languages. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Great to be with you. Great to be with both of you, Doug and Ron.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I see here that you are uh, an animal lover and, and I am as well. We've got a couple of little chihuahua puppies in, in <laughs> our household, but, uh, but I see you serve on the, the board of trustees for furry friends.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Terrific organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's really, really good stuff. And you know, so many people nowadays, they, they just, they just don't take care of their animals. So I'm glad to hear there's guys out there like you, both of our uh, puppies are uh, adopted from uh, from shelters and well, so good
2: for you terrific yeah. thank yeah. you for doing that
1: yes sir yes sir now i see that you're from jupiter florida is is mm-hmm. that is that where you're actually from or is that just where you live now
2: actually i i grew up in massachusetts got down here as fast as i could though yeah it's kind of cold up there this time of year mm-hmm. yeah i've been here for almost 30 years and uh every day i'm just so thankful that uh that i'm here Good, good,
1: good. Well, so we're going to jump right in, and, and we're going to talk a lot about the Go It It is such an impactful book, and, and thank you. It was it was um, recommended to me uh, many years ago, and um, you know, let's let's just talk a, a little bit. I mean, I, I see that one of the quotes you have in here reminds me of a of a old mentor of mine, Mr. Zig Ziglar, that that has since mm-hmm. passed away. But but it says on here that you believe that the amount of money one makes is directly proportionate to the or how many people that you serve. But can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Sure. Well, in the, uh, you know, the uh, the famous saying by Zig, you're probably referring to is you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Yes, sir. And that is so true. And Zig was such a, a fantastic, amazing human being. And I love how Tom and, and uh, his sisters are carrying on the legacy of Zig. And uh, just such fantastic people, and Zig certainly had it right, that that when you can provide value to others, when you can really shift your focus, and, and this is really what the, the premise of The Go-Giver is, the the, the book itself, is that uh, shifting one's focus from, from getting to giving, and when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing so is not only a, a nice way to live life and a nice way to conduct business. It actually happens to be the most profitable way of doing business as well. Why? Because in the, in the basically free market-based economy in which we live, uh, you where know, most of us are doing business in, a, in an environment where no one is forced to do business with us. No one is forced to buy from us. And I often say when I speak at a sales conference, I'll start out by saying nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money, you need to make the sale. They're not even going to buy from you because you uh, think you have the best product or service out there and that it would be really helpful to them. They're only going to buy from you because they believe it is in their best interest to do so. And that's the only reason why they should buy from you. And so, when you focus on bringing value to them, when you focus on making their life better, or as Zig would say, helping them get what they want, well, they're going to feel good about you. They're going to like you. They're going to trust you. They're going to respect you. And the chances are much better that they're going to do business with you. Now, when we say your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them, what we're saying is that it's not enough just to provide that great value to one person. Uh, that represents, as, as uh, Nicole uh, Martin, the CEO in the story, told said to Joe, that represents only your potential income. It's the, it's, it's, Law number two, that the law of compensation, which you mentioned, w- which is what represents your actual income, because that's all about the number of lives you impact with that value.
1: Well, you know that makes a lot of sense. And, and as you talk about that, there's five laws of, of success that you have in the book, uh, stratospheric success. So, can can you talk about those a little bit?
2: Sure. Well, the first one is the law of value, and that's the foundational principle, if you will, and it simply says that your your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment now this sounds a bit counterintuitive when you first hear it. it sounds somewhat counterproductive give more in value than i take in payment sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy and to understand this we simply have to understand the difference between price and value uh, price is a dollar amount it's a dollar figure Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of something, of a thing, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, uh, what have you, that brings with it so much worth or value that someone will willingly exchange their money for it? Again, willingly being the the key property of a a free market-based exchange. People do business with each other willingly, not through force. And they'll do this willingly, and they'll feel great about it while you make a very healthy profit. Uh, In the story we Talk about uh Ernesto Ifrante's Italian cafe. It's a it's a high end restaurant in a swanky part of the village. So you may you know, you may pay a hundred fifty, couple hundred dollars for a meal but boy, the atmosphere is fantastic and the way you're greeted, you're just, you're just made to feel so special and the way the, the wait staff works as a team and they know just when to pay attention and when to leave you alone and the, just the, and the, the meal, of course, is just second to none. So you may pay $150, $200 in price, but you come away with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of value in terms of customer experience. So you receive, you know, you, you're getting more value than what you pay. But, of course, uh, Euphrate's costs are well below what he charges, so he's making a profit as well. And that's how the law of value kicks in. Uh, in a, a free market-based exchange, uh, there are always two profits in every transaction. Both parties, both the buyer and the seller, uh, come out better off, come away better off than they were before the transaction.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Now that makes that makes a lot of sense. And and then altogether so there's total of five, right? So the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, the law of authenticity, and the law of uh what was, what's the next one? Receptivity. Okay. Yeah, receptivity. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, one more. okay, very good, very good. Can you elaborate on those just a little bit as well?
2: Sure. Well, we talked about the second one, and that's right. that's when we take both value and reach. And, uh, and, and, and that's so key. The law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now again, this sounds kind of productive, but when you think about it, all the great leaders, top influencers, the highest producing salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to benefit the other person, putting their interests first. Now, Uh, When we say place the other person's interest first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It it simply means that you understand that as several of the mentors told Joe, the protege in the story, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And there's no faster, more powerful or more effective way to to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by, as Sam, one of the mentors, said, make your win about the other person's win.
1: Yeah, that is that really is fantastic. You know, people that you uh, so I've heard this before, people that you know, love, and trust. Now what was exactly that you said?
2: Yeah, well, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. So the more of those kind of relationships you can build, you know, you really become that how-to guy. You've got all sorts of people out there watching your back.
1: That makes that makes really perfect sense. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, these aren't necessarily rocket science tools, but no. what they but what they are is they're just applicable. And you know, a long time ago, I heard this from somebody, and I, th- I think they were in the automobile business, but it said something like, "Make a friend, sell a car." You know, uh, you get yeah. to know people and 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 they want to do business with people they like. So it really uh, is, is really pretty, uh, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, now, you know, you, you make an interesting point that I think we should spend a little bit of time on. You talk about the go-giver philosophy and that it's, you know, it's totally congruent with human nature. But that can be looked at in many ways. I mean, some of them are positive and some of them not so much. Could you kind of explain, you know, kind of what your thoughts are there?
2: Well, I mean, human nature is just human nature. It, it's It's what it is, much like any – uh physical law okay i mean you take gravity and well is gravity good or is gravity bad well it depends on the situation if it when it, it it's good i guess when it keeps you from floating aimlessly up into space and it's bad if you happen to be walking off a seven story building so it it so typically like the physical laws of the universe uh the laws of human nature are much the same people are you know who we are we're we're built we've been created a certain way now um, Dale Carnegie in his in his uh, classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, while he made phenomenal points throughout his book, there was one that I believe is is the underlying premise of the entire book. And if we understand this, we understand and can work within human nature. And that's when he wrote: ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer uh, doesn't try to push people, doesn't try to push themselves or their will or their ideas on others. They gently pull people, and they do this by tapping into what motivates the other person. Uh, you know, In sales, when you look at what is, what is sales, sales is simply uh, discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. That's what selling is by its very nature. Uh, when we talk about influence, you know the great influencers, they continually ask themselves questions such as, "How does what I'm asking this other person to do? Uh, how does it?" Uh, and, and we're talking whether it's a team member or whether it's you know whatever. How does what I'm asking this person to do uh, align with their goals, with their wants, their needs, their desires? How does what I how does what I want this other person to do? How does it align with their values? And when asking ourselves these questions uh, intelligently, thoughtfully, uh, authentically, which of course is law number four in the story, uh, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another person into doing our will, not at all, but as a way simply of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning the other person's commitment. See, there's a huge difference between having one's commitment and having one's compliance. Mm. Uh, I, I love what the great leadership teacher, uh, Dondi Skumachi, says about this. She says, when it comes to leadership and influence, she says, compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Mm. And I think that's, that's so wise. You see, great leadership is never about the leader great influence is never about the leader, about the influencer, and great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's always about the other person. It's about everyone whose lives you choose to touch, whose lives you choose to add value to.
1: That is great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And as we kind of wrap up this segment, uh, if there's anything that you missed, the books that we've quoted or or maybe Uh, some of the favorite quotes, you can always go to ambitiousradio.com and the content will be there. Just search for the guest show page. We've got Bob Berg here today. So just type his name in the search bar and he'll pop right up for you. Like Ambitious Radio on Facebook if you're a Facebooker or follow us on Twitter. Tune in after the break when we'll get a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Bob Berg and hear more about his career pursuits and his experience of becoming an ambitious leader and helping entrepreneurs right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
0: start shopping for a car you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal then the haggling starts you have to fence with the salesman over the price then verbally joust with the finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you by the time you get out of there you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings stop the insanity there's a better way and that's to lease your next car from autoflex leasing Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817 or 972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. back in here on the program. So good to have you here on KEXB. Texas Money in Business and Ambitious Radio Network is underway with Doug Parker and a great guest today, Doug.
1: Thanks so much for that, Ron. And again, brought to you by our sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all the number three, reports.com. Many people only check their credit reports every three to five years when they're financing maybe a home or purchasing a vehicle. But if there's an issue, that could be too late. So speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates and buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They have a better way to lease your next car. They're America's largest independent leasing company. And so as we kind of get into, we've got Bob Berger today of The Go-Giver. He's the author of that book. And, um, you know, as a leader, what's one of the personal habits that you would say has most contributed to your success, Bob?
2: Well, one of the things is studying leadership, learning about leadership. Uh, I, I always felt that I was a, a – when I was in sales anyway, I was a, a good producer, but I wasn't necessarily a good leader. The first time I was made sales manager of a company, uh, I really didn't do a great job of, of leading, and I, I didn't know how to lead. And I didn't you know realize at the time there were actually books on leadership and so forth. So once I, once I discovered that – uh i i just love love reading books reading now blog posts uh learning about leadership i think I've probably read i don't know ten of dr john maxwell's books his um uh, his twenty one immutable laws of leadership i think is a classic and i think the first law when he talked about the law of the lid that really are the our our leadership can progress only to the degree or our success can take place in terms of being a leader only to the degree that we we continue to build our abilities to lead and i that reading that chapter i said wow yes this is exactly what i need need to to learn how to do so uh, there's lots of great leadership books i almost hate to mention any because there's so many great ones out there i don't want to leave anybody out but so i think as as leaders we need to just we need to make a study of leadership. I mean, there, there may be some real natural leaders out there, but I don't think anyone's that natural that they can do it without learning from others and be as effective as they possibly could be.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and you know one of the things that that I actually look at by doing this show is I kind of look at it as a 1-hour mentoring session with someone that really has some expertise in something and uh, I like to dig a little deeper in, in the books they've written or or the leadership techniques they use and you know there's it's interesting that you say you don't want to mention any one particular book but but the, the great news is is you know John Maxwell several of our guests have have talked about uh, his different books that he has all the different you know amount of laws of, of different things but the 21 law I think irrefutable laws of leadership there's a couple different ones but how to win friends and influence people there's a reason why there are these reoccurring themes why these books continue to get brought up is because they're great books and um, so again we, we put all that stuff on the, on the uh, site and people can check it out and just you know that continued leadership successful people have a plan they stick to their plan and they continue to educate themselves and so that's very important that uh, you know, that folks do that. So now let me ask you this. Um, what, was there one maybe piece of advice that you've received even before you knew about the go-giver uh, and, and kind of what that entailed that was a different a difference maker for you?
2: Sure, it was. And by the way, I just want to clarify when I said I, I didn't want to mention any one book, it's only because I didn't want to leave others out. Right. I'm happy to talk about leadership books and mention many of them that I've read. Sure, uh, but I just didn't. I just always say I, you know, you hate to mention one and leave everybody out. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there are certainly so many that I, I always love discuss discussing different uh, leadership books. But uh, when you ask the question about one um, about one incident, I, I would say it's there was one incident that really was a difference maker to me. Uh, now, on, on the other hand, I was very fortunate to be born to uh, to just a couple of great people. You know, I mean, my par- I was totally blessed to to have the parents that I had, so I could model them, and they were people who are truly, to this day, um, what I would call go givers, even though that that's not a word that you know would have been necessarily used or 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 thought of at that time. But um, but so that you know, having that example was was a, was a great, great, certainly a great thing for me. But there was one when I was uh, just really starting out in sales, and I was in my mid 20s. And um, it was my first it was I think my second sales job, but it was my first kind of large kind of sales job. And I remember coming back from a uh, from an appointment, and I was very discouraged, because the person, you know, didn't buy and so forth and so on. And uh, I the, the person who saw me, uh was was with the company i think he was in the engineering department he was an older guy he was uh... he was about to retire i don't remember ever seeing him again and i remember only seeing him a couple times before that i don't know if i'd ever been in a conversation other than hello with him but i think he saw in me uh potential and uh, maybe he saw me as sort of like joe you know the the protege in the uh, in the go-giver who who had potential who you know was a well-meaning guy but really didn't have his priorities where they needed to be. He was too focused on himself as Joe. And, and I think I probably was as well. And I think this gentleman saw that I looked at sales as being about, about me. And I think probably at that time I did. And he he told me something that had such an, uh, such an amazing impact on me. He said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target your target he said is serving others now he he continued when you hit your target you'll get a reward and that reward will usually come in the form of money and you can do with that money whatever you choose but never forget the money is simply the reward for hitting the target it's not the target itself your target is serving others
1: yeah that's 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 powerful
2: it was. And that made a huge difference that that really changed my sales career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so the target is serving others. The money will follow. Uh, yeah, and, and you exactly. Just got to just do it. So we've got a couple this is.
2: Many, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was going to say this is one reason why John David Mann, my, my awesome co-author of The Go-Giver. Uh, we have a saying that that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which simply means the, you know, the value must be the focus, providing value to the other person. Uh, the value comes first, and the money you receive, which would be law number five, the law of receptivity, the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you one question as we kind of wrap up this segment. Um, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing the 10-year younger Bob, 10 years ago, what one thing would you tell yourself?
2: Uh, I think I would have to go back a little longer than that for it to be really impactful because okay. while I keep growing, uh, uh, there were, there were, I think the major things in my life took place about 20 years ago. Okay, And that's when I started on a real, uh, I took the information from, from Benjamin Franklin's book, the autobiography, where he talked about the 13, um, values and he, he, uh, and not values. I'm trying to think of the name, but th- whatever. It's 13 character traits, basically, uh, about improving. And I did what Franklin said in that book, and it made a huge difference in my life. So, what I would have said is, 20 years ago, I would have said, "Berg, get get Franklin's book and do exactly what he what he tells you."
1: That that makes a lot of sense, and I'll I'll research that, guys, and we'll uh, we'll figure out what yep. that book is and put so, it on. Well, so well.
2: it's it, it's the autobiography oh, by autobi- Benjamin Franklin, but it was the 20, it was the 13. Uh, Oh, it's a chapter. It's a 13, I want to say, attributes, but that's not what it is, and I just can't think of what it is.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. We'll, we'll get it put on there. No big deal at all. And so that really is great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe by texting AMBITIOUS to 69922. Again, AMBITIOUS to 69922. Standard messaging rates will apply. See website for more details. Next, we'll be talking more to Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver, about the ambitious things that he's doing now and what's next on Ambitious Radio. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story.
0: It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with a credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing. repairmycreditnow.com. Repairmycreditnow.com. www.repairmycreditnow.com. Back in here on the show, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on KEXP. Experts in Business. We certainly have a couple of great experts around the roundtable today here on the Ambitious Radio Network with Doug Parker. Doug?
1: Yes, sir. Thanks so much. And uh, entrepreneurs out there, if you're thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system, consider Grasshopper.com. Keep your existing number, multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Today, talking to Bob Berg. He's the author of The Go-Giver. And uh, let's talk about some of the ambitious things that you're doing now. And what's next, Bob?
2: Well, my business partner, Kathy Tajanell and I, we ha- are growing a um, what we call the Certified Go-Giver Speaker Program, and this is for people who want to be uh, speakers, professional speakers, and we teach them how to build a speaking business, and, uh, and, uh, and we base it on the uh, – the intellectual properties from the go giver, endless referrals, um, ultimate influence and my other work that I've developed over the last 30 years or so. So that's that's our big thing that we're building.
1: Okay. And that, that, that makes a that makes a lot of sense. And and so I know in, in the book kind of a lot of this stuff just intertwines into just about everything. But we're, you know, our show, a lot of our listeners are very entrepreneur uh, mm-hmm. driven and, and leadership and, and whatnot. And so, you know, entrepreneurs are always a big part of the economy. They're responsible yep. for a lot of the growth and small business and in hiring and those kinds of things. And, you know, in, in the book, you, you kind of mentioned that if you're in a business, you don't have to go start your own business to be an entrepreneur. You kind of throw out the term intrapreneur. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by, by being an intrapreneur?
2: Sure well, when you think of it an entrepreneur, we think of that person who begins their own business, who invests their money or they they uh raise fun uh funding or they you know but they have a basic idea and they they go out and they do it, and what the entrepreneur has to do, what they have got to do, is they've got to find a way to add value to the marketplace because that's how they're going to be remunerated, and that's how they're going to be able to receive income and keep their business growing and going. Uh, well, uh, the person who works inside a corporation can still be an entrepreneur. They're just an intrapreneur. They're an entrepreneur within the organization because if you work for someone else, whether it's a big company, mid-size or small, you still have a client at least one client that client is your employer mm-hmm. and you have other stakeholders you need to add value to whether it's your immediate supervisor supervisors whether it's your coworkers maybe it's the end user or uh, you know whomever it is and so to the degree and remember just like i said at the beginning you know no one's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet they're going to do it for their own reasons it's the same with with your employer they're going to hire you uh and keep you with them because they believe their rec- it's in their best interest to do so they're receiving more in use value from you than what they're paying in cash value so you're both winning uh so in order to do that and make it happen you've got to be an entrepreneur now uh, it, it, it it's not just to survive at your job that you do that, although that's not a bad reason either. It's to advance in your job because if you want to advance, you do so by making yourself so valuable that, again, it's in your employer's best interest to use you more and more and in higher ways uh, in which you'll also uh, receive more.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. That makes it that makes a lot of sense. So you know, essentially, as an employee, you're saying you just know, become valuable, do more than what you get paid for, and eventually you get paid more for what you do, and and just really bring the value, which is again right back to your uh, you know one of those uh, one of those five uh, sure. stratospheric <laughs> success uh, <laughs> principles there. So now let's talk about mentorship because I know that's a really big thing. Um, you know, how's the best way to find a mentor, and then also if you're looking for a mentor, I mean, how can you? You know uh add value once you once you do find one
2: yeah you know and that's a a great question because people do understand that 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 it's it's great to have a mentor to have someone who can share their experience with you uh someone who can take you under their wing and someone who can cut your learning curve time it's uh you know it's sort of like following a system When you think of it, I I often describe a system as simply a process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. The key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, all you need to do is A and and do it consistently, you'll get the desired result of B. Well, often uh, a mentor is like that in the way that they can help cut your learning curve. But just approaching someone who you admire And coming right out and asking them to be your mentor isn't typically the most effective way to do so because it's almost, you know, when you do that, and I see people doing that a lot. They'll just, you know, they'll approach someone or they'll write to someone, you know, who they are, and they'll say, hey, I really need a mentor. Can you be my mentor? And a mentor-protege relationship is just that. It's a relationship. So when you when you just come right out and ask someone who doesn't know you to be your mentor it's sort of like saying hey will you agree to you know share your 40 years of experience with me uh e- even though you don't know me at all and right <laughs> you know and and so that's probably not the best way to do it but what you can certainly do is you can contact someone who you admire and most people who are successful not all but most are glad to help someone out when the person goes about it in the right way. And you can certainly say that, you know, you realize they're very busy and they may not have time, which is very understandable. Uh, If it wouldn't be uh, too much trouble, may I, you know, may I ask you one or two very specific questions? Boom. So you're letting them know that you respect them and that you respect the process, that you're not going to waste their time. You're not right. And, and so the, the first thing I would say is to make sure you research this person thoroughly so that you're not asking them anything that you could easily find by doing an Internet search. Gotcha. Okay. So ask very specific questions. And then at the end of the, you know, the, the first discussion, you let them know how grateful you are that you're looking forward to applying their advice, and you'll keep in touch and let them know. Now, what I would do is that very day, I would write a personalized handwritten note and hand addressed and hand-stamped note, and I would send it to them, thanking them again for their time uh... how much you you appreciate their taking the time again that you look forward to applying and so forth uh... i would even you know make a small donation to their favorite charity uh... or cause which again you can easily easily discover that by looking at their their profile online and uh... it doesn't have to be a big uh... doesn't have to be any kind of big uh... donation anything small but remember it will get to that you make the donation in their name so it will get to them you're doing it to kiss up, you're doing it again just so they'll know that you respect the process. what you're saying is I realize that this time I can't add the kind of value to you that you can add to me, but I certainly want to try and then anytime you can in any way uh be of value to them in some way uh, and there's many ways you can do so uh and that's a good idea too and then when you when you contact this person again, maybe with another question and again you you let them know what you did with it and how now you start to build a relationship, and over time it naturally grows into what can be a, a mentor-protege relationship.
1: Well, that's great advice, and we're kind of closing in on the end of this segment, but when we come back, I'm going to ask Bob a question specifically about giving a go being a go-giver. If you're always giving um, and you're not focused on taking – then you know do you run out and how would you tell someone no i don't think i can do that and still be a go-giver so we'll get into more details on that right after this break we'll hear a, a quick uh, brief announcement from our sponsors and then we'll be discussing more about what he does to recharge his ambitious body and mind right here on the ambitious radio network
0: Back in here on Texas Money and Business, good to have you along here on KEXB, experts in business at 6:20 a.m. I'm Ron Taylor. Hope this information is uh, beneficial to you, and we certainly appreciate uh, Doug and his guest today for being on the program. Doug Parker with Ambitious Radio Network. Doug,
1: thanks so much for that, Ron. And you know, as we kind of get going here, I know a lot of people. We've mentioned a lot of books, and me personally. I don't love to read, but I love to get information. So I prefer to listen. So Ambitious listeners, if you prefer to listen to books, you can go to audible.com. And if you haven't already taken advantage of it, we've got a special deal where you can download a couple of books for free and listen to them just becoming a new audible.com member. So just go to ambitiousradio.com, click on the banner, and you can download even some of Bob's books and listen to those and uh, get a lot of great content. So today, again, we're talking to Bob Berg. He's a best Selling author of multiple books, including *Endless Referrals*, *Adversaries into Allies*, and *The Art of Persuasion*. In, a, in addition to the Go Giver, and um, Bob, let, let's kind of clean up that last question I asked you right for, before the uh, break. You know, are there any misconceptions out there about being a Go Giver and how that you know you can just kind of give, give, give? And 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 how do you, if you are a giver, how do you tell people you know no? Because sometimes you have to do that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think there are misconceptions before people actually read the book because with a title like The Go-Giver, it might sound like, well, you just give yourself away and you know don't make a profit or don't care about no- – and, of course, that's no- nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, being a Go-Giver simply means you understand that your focus needs to be on providing value to others, again, money being an echo of value. Uh, But go-givers tend to be the most profitable business people because they sell on value, on high value, rather than low price. They know that when you sell on price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource, and that's where you want to be. People might think, well, gosh, if if, uh, you're a go-giver, you're always at everyone's beck and call. You can't say no to people. Again uh, it's an understandable fallacy, but it's a fallacy because as a go-giver, you're usually very, very successful and you're going to have people asking you for a lot of things. And you simply cannot say yes to everything, uh, you know, without taking away from, from, from adding the kind of value to the marketplace that you need to be doing. So what a go-giver does is they say no much more than they say yes. But what they do is they always say yes in a way that's kind in a way that's respectful and in a way that honors the other person.
1: Gotcha. That, that makes, that makes, makes sense. I, I like that a lot. And, and you can't always say yes to everything, but, uh, you know, respectful no, you and, can. and, uh, just kind of let them down softly, if you will. So let's talk about how you recharge your ambitious body, mind, and spirit. Cause I know you're a, uh, you're a goat giver. I know you're out there doing a whole lot. I see the volunteering that you're doing on the boards and the, and the different things. So there's only, you know, 24 hours a day, 168 hours in a week. So, what do you do? Um, you know, whenever you get drained, what what are some of the things that maybe drain you? What are some of the things that fill you up? And and kind of how do you get recharged?
2: Uh, I recharge, I think, by reading. I I do love to read. I also love listening to to audio books. I just love taking in information. It's really fun for me. And when it's a topic that I enjoy, whether it's you know whether it's politics, I'm I'm a very huge believer, as you know, in in free market economies. Uh, And I believe that's uh, the the freer the market is, uh, or I should say the more free market it is, the more everyone benefits. And so that's a, you know, certainly a, a passion for me. And so I love reading about it. I love speaking about it and so forth uh, I get charged up when I'm speaking on stage. You know, I, I limit my speaking now to about 30 engagements a year, just because at 58, I don't want to travel as much as I have for so long, but uh, I still love doing it. I could probably speak every day of the year if it was right here in Jupiter, Florida, but mm-hmm. it's not like that. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, those are the things I like to do. I, I don't really travel anywhere if I don't have to, because I travel for a big part of my living. So I, I would just, just as soon be home and, 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 be right here in Jupiter, Florida. I love where I live and uh, I don't have what most people would probably call the most exciting life in the world. Most people would, if they knew really what I did day to day, they'd probably (laughs) think I had a really boring life, but I got to tell you, I love it. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're in Florida. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're in Texas, so it's the second best place I can think of to be in Mm -hmm. America. But, uh, but with that being said, do you have any favorite places that you like to go on vacation, like if you get a speaking engagement in somewhere that's like, all right, I really look forward to going to this part of the country or part of the world, I guess.
2: Uh, you know, there are a lot of really, really nice places, but I'm, I'm not much of a, a tourist, so I, I kind of typically go get into town. I go from the airport to the hotel, do my program and leave. Okay. Uh, in fact, it was really funny because um, I spoke in uh, Beijing a couple of years ago at a, a major sales conference, and I took a couple with uh, people with me, uh, you know, to help out. And so, uh, when my event was over, they actually stayed a couple of days to to. Uh, you know, to tour and so forth. I just wanted to go home and it's not that I didn't enjoy my time there. The people there treated me wonderfully. I, they couldn't have been just more fantastic, but I just, you know, I did my job. I was there and I wanted to go home.
1: You know, I know that feeling and, and, you know, we talked about animals earlier. So are you like a dog lover or a cat lover?
2: Well, I mean, I love all animals. I mean, I just love them all. I grew up with dogs and I have an affinity for them. Uh, no question about that. Um, but I love them all, and i I have a, a shelter cat right now, and that's my only pet, Calvin, named after Calvin Coolidge, my favorite president and uh and uh so you know I've I've grown to really appre- uh, you know I always loved cats as well as because I love all animals, but I've really grown to appreciate cats a lot more so uh not not more than dogs, but I mean more than than what I did so sure. but i'm I'm still really a i would say a a dog, really a dog person.
1: No, I got you with that. And then my point was, you know, when you're traveling, there's a certain comfort. If you have animals at home and those kind of things, you just kind of want to get there and, you know, your exactly. animals and it kind of takes stress away and it's... Uh. Like- for those that Absolutely. don't have animals, um, it's a great stress reliever. Now, they, they can cause some stress sometimes, too, especially puppies. But mm-hmm. when they grow up, they wind up being all right. So but There's
2: nothing like a shelter animal because they appreciate the fact that you rescued them. They, right. they somehow know it. There's a, I mean, any pet that you get from anywhere is fine. But, but when you adopt a shelter animal, you will have their loyalty uh, and love like you can't believe.
1: Yeah, that really does uh, really does make a difference, and so that's that's great stuff. So let me ask this, Bob. If someone wanted to have you come out and speak or they wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Uh, probably just to go to my website, which is com, and they can connect with me on all the social media there. They can subscribe to uh, our Influence and Success Insights. They can get more information on the Certified Go-Giver Speaker Program, and they can get Chapter 1 of the book of The Go-Giver as well as some of my other books, uh, to see if they like them first before clicking through. And anyone who wants me to speak at their event, uh, they can they can connect with us right through the uh, the website.
1: Great, and just as a compliment to you, I'll tell you I've I've interviewed several people, and as I researched, you know, uh, you know having you on the show and then and ver- and working with uh, is, is it's Kirsty, correct?
2: Yeah, Kirsty. Yeah,
1: Kirsty. So uh, you guys are so organized, and, oh, and just you. a pleasure to uh, to to you know, do the interview with in person, Uh, but also the preparation for it. So well-prepared. There's no reason uh, in the world, or there is a big reason I should say why you guys are so successful because it's just principle-based, very simple. And it was just a great, uh, great time today with you. I appreciate you carving out an hour of your busy schedule to spend with us here today. And uh, as we kind of wrap up, we always want to thank our sponsors at Ambitious Radio. We're so thankful we could not do this without you guys. We've got repairmycreditnow.com and entrepreneurs are always looking for, you know, Ways to do different things creatively. And um, there's a great resource. It's 99designs. If you need a website or a logo, they connect you with the world's greatest graphic designers. Get dozens of designs and artwork done for just the price of one. At 99designs, you spend less and get more. Start your design contest today. So tune in Wednesdays to the Ambitious Radio Network when we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Go out there and be ambitious.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.